Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and one of our last episodes for 2023, which is Star Wars books, the good, the bad and the ugly and uh, the bad I'm going to be renaming in this instance to the meh because, uh, you know, that's two categories of negativity I, I you know I don't think we need so um, this is uh, for a good episode for anyone who's like looking to read a Star Wars book anyone who's uh, thinking of buying a Star Wars book for a Christmas gift a late Christmas gift perhaps whenever this episode drops who knows uh, maybe you want to read more books next year might be a New Year's resolution it's a good time to talk about this stuff so you know we got Francis we got Blake let's get into it Well, hello, welcome back. <laughs> cha cha, Josh. Cha cha, Blake. Uh, we got our friend Francis with us as well. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. So, uh, first time being in the escape pod, not uh, hologramming away from another system somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Good to have you aboard the escape pod with us today. Good to be on yeah. board. Shame I'm not piloting, but well, <laughs> the escape pod we just kind of. Oh yeah, no one pilots this machine. We just kind of <laughs> float in space and <laughs> never get anywhere. That's why we have all these endless shows. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. We just kind of <laughs> ramble on. Now, the last time anyone uh, intercepted our transmissions was a while ago, but uh, oh, hey, we're, we're getting one now. Star Wars Escape Pod has just been intercepted by the Separatist Alliance. If you are tuning in right now, don't go anywhere. Leave a review and make it a good one. Nice. All right. Thanks, Ventress. Um, okay, cool. So we're, uh, we're talking about Star Wars books today, and uh, this is kind of an exciting topic because, uh, you know, like lots of people are uh, somewhat unaware, I find, sometimes of the, you know, the premise of Star Wars books. And uh, just I don't want to get in too deep into that, but just real quick, you know, compared to other multi-million dollar, billion dollar franchises out there that have a big fan following, um, it's worth knowing that Star Wars has this big, huge web of canonicity, you know, in terms of the story continuity, so on and so forth. Is it still though? And uh, well, you know, compared to other things, like it, it is as much as you can, right? Like, uh, like, you know, some people out there might be confused because like when I say I keep reading all these Star Wars books, they're like, how do you keep reading? You know, they're they're in, in their mind. They're like maybe thinking of novelizations, like adaptions, you know, right. stuff like that. And I had I've always found myself explaining like, no, these are stories that take place in the continuity of the greater saga of things, right? Like with right. new characters and behind the scenes characters, maybe characters that showed up once in a movie or an animated show or a live action show, and this is like a story all about them, kind of taking place at the same time as other things, right? And uh, it's kind of a weird concept for them because like that usually only happens when you have like 
so many different comic books all simultaneously kind of telling different stories at the same time period. But uh, rarely does it happen when you have movies, animated shows, live action shows, books, audio books, video games, all kind of in one stack like that. It's like it's it, it just doesn't happen. You know? I mean, you could argue that's kind of what George Lucas did originally. It's just it was he there's like tiers of canonicity, right? So it's like it was canon until disproven by George, essentially. <laughs> I Yeah, I guess. Well, he never looked at the books as canon, you know, it, and he said that like Davis said that he's just like, you know, he's pretty much said like, OK, any of the stuff that he did, he like he saw it, but he never really acknowledged that it was going to be part right. of part of his. It's not his Star Wars, right? right. It never was. But now that Disney owns the Star Wars, you know, that was kind of why they hit the reset button and they did this whole initiative where all the previous Star Wars content, games, books, etc., were all sort of, minus the Clone Wars, was all kind of erased from the canonicity and they just sort of reset sort of the storytelling, you know, so that way they could make their movies the way they wanted to make them, not adhere to any previously made books, any of that stuff, uh, and so on and so forth. So, and here we are all these years later, almost, I think it's been about 10 years now since Disney acquired the company. We've got 10 years of canon content yeah, behind us now. which is crazy. I mean, I'm yeah. impressed I've kept it this consistent. Yeah. Uh, especially with the amount of comics. So like video games, you can argue there hasn't actually been enough to cause any issues i'm looking at you ea yeah it's been a <laughs> bit lackluster on the games front over the last decade which is unfortunate but comics have been insane and i feel like novels as well but not to the same extent where i know we were josh you and i were trying to collect all the novels at one point when they're first coming out mm-hmm. and get the hard covers and it just it became so many and we just couldn't keep up anymore yeah well <laughs> we i have a up. small <laughs> limited selection left uh, you know at one point i ended up selling and and returning a lot of the books that i had acquired which used to f- Almost, I almost had like, so the, the Ikea Calyx thing, five <laughs> cubbies across. I almost had that whole thing filled up with books. Wow. The whole thing. And uh, I'd sold, I sold and returned things. And because some things I hadn't even read, like I bought it just for the sake of like, oh, I'll read it eventually. But it was did. so much mm-hmm. that I just accumulated so much of this stuff. And I was like, I haven't even cracked the spine on this guy. I'll just take it back to the bookstore, see what I can get. Which is so, funny because people talk about the movies with Star Wars fatigue, but and it's the, it's the, it's the books. Yeah. It's the books and the comics. That was it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way because when I was when Disney was making a lot of the comic books, I remember reading so much of like the Darth Vader stuff coming out mm-hmm. and so much of all the elaborated stories on um, what was happening between the movies. Yeah, but I there was just so much I fell behind so hard. Even now, I'm still trying to catch up on Darth Vader. No, nope. and mm. Vader's one of the better ones that's yeah. worth catching up on. I think the main series is supposed to be decent. There was yeah. a, a lot of spinoff stuff as well that yeah. I, for a while I kind of just felt like Disney was just making content for the sake of making content which is why this podcast would be really good because we're gonna filter through all that for you <laughs> yeah yeah and, and we've and we've done our um we've done a few book reviews in the past in fact i think i i've made a spotify playlist at one point with all our, all our book reviews on it and so if anyone's curious of rifling through there there's not too many i think we've maybe got like 10 at this point maybe a bit less i don't know maybe 10 something like that but um, we read a lot before we started the podcast i think yeah 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 we've read a lot as the years have gone like i grew up reading a lot of the scholastic uh the jedi quest series the you know jedi apprentice last of the jedi stuff like that but even the and, canon stuff i'm talking about with like the post clone wars novels for example yeah and, like lost stars and all that stuff yeah yeah that was as a kid yeah mm-hmm. yeah a lot of that a lot of that post uh, a lot of the disney stuff like we've we've read it we've consumed a decent amount of it so what we've got going on today is uh you know for anyone listening is we're, we're cutting to the chase we're getting into sort of just we're, we're gonna each bring up three good books that we've read 
three sort of meh book that w- that we've read and three sort of bad ugly books that we've read uh <laughs> things that you should avoid buying for someone uh perhaps you know and these are all just our own opinions but um you know if you're uh, if you're looking to get into star wars books we've got some recommendations to get into and to not <laughs> uh so uh, we'll start with the good um, so just so for those of you looking for a quick, uh, quick information on those Christmas gifts, uh, you know, we'll start with that. Um, I'm going to throw one out there. Maybe you guys have it shared on your list as well. It is the, uh, it's not a canon book. It's a legends book. Uh, and it is called Darth Plagueis. Yeah. That was the first yeah. one I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> this is on mine. Yeah. yeah. This is like usually in the top three of most lists and, um, it has for good, for good reason, right? Like this book is tremendous. Tremendously amazing. Um, it's written by James Lucino. Is it, am I pronouncing that correctly? I think it's Lucino. Lucino. And uh, what I'll do is I'll just read a Excerpt. small, small, yeah, small uh, prologue. The novel begins just after Darth Sidious kills his Sith Master Darth Plagueis. The Sith Lord experiences a moment where he feels a dramatic shift in the Force, which promises him that the dark side shall control him as much as he controls it. Um, so that's the prologue, and uh, but the book actually kind of flashes back before that event and goes to um, cuts back 35 years uh, with Darth Plagueis um, and his master Darth Tenebrous. And it's you see the exchange between Plagueis and Tenebrous as as Tenebris bites the dust uh, like right away and and so like right away Plagueis you know he's looking for an apprentice and stuff and he's got this whole grand plan that he's like putting together and it turns out that the, the plan of Sidious is you know to rule the galaxy in a very political standpoint is actually also Plagueis's plan and uh, that's kind of worked in the plot and I love the fact that this book overlaps with the Phantom Menace yeah for sure that's super cool and just adds so much extra context what's going on oh yeah you see a young Jedi Dooku you see yeah. like you know so much stuff so much cool stuff. There's conversations about Anakin and, you know, it alludes to sort of why he was born, you know, with Plagueis playing around with his like life experiments and stuff like that. Um, it, it kind of alludes to the fact that the force is like fighting back and like, you know, sort of activates the prophecy of the chosen one because of all that stuff. I was like, there's so much cool stuff in this book. And uh, I I just feel like it's it's just in the top three, like all the time, you know, it's, it's it makes me question why Dave hasn't pulled from this specifically to bring into canon because he's pulled a lot of golden nuggets from a lot of the, the EU stuff, but no one's touched any Plagueis stuff, and I really can't help but wonder why. That's a good point. It really should. It, like, it was really interesting reading about how Plagueis was around during the Phantom Menace. Yep, you never how, guessed like, that. Right? Mm-hmm. It was so cool was learning the fact that he was still there pulling all the strings, and we never would have known this without this book. And uh, he was very involved with the banking clan, because we find out he was a moon, which also really helps set up what's kind of going on with the Clone Wars and how they got that off the ground. So this book just filled in so many games gaps mm-hmm. for the the prequels we also saw maul's introduction to the story in That's this right. as well uh i feel like the only one of the one of the uh downsides of reading a star wars book that is not canon is you don't get the small tie-ins with the greater story because a lot of what has been written is mostly down to the author and some people working at lucasfilm at the time leland chi and stuff who were 
people that were kind of more or less lore masters within the company, but that wasn't really their full-time job, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the mother Talzin, who is sort of an influential person in Maul's life, you know, in the canon, he's, you know, she's his mother. And uh, she, I don't believe, is mentioned once in this book, right? So there is there is some inconsistencies. So it's not a canon book by any means whatsoever. But the, the, the greater story of this, this, this legend, if you will, excellent, you know, and uh, that's why it's the top of my list. Have you ever heard of the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> <laughs> not a story the Jedi would tell you. But you can read it here. <laughs> Click this Amazon link. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another thing. I will link all of these books uh, down in the description. So if you're using a podcast app that uh, uses hyperlinks, uh, you should be able to just click the the, the 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 text, and it should magically bring you to a web page. Um, if you're not using an app that's compatible with that, then uh, rest in peace. All right. Uh, so Francis, uh, maybe we can go to you. Like, what, what what's what's on your top three list? What do you have? Well, on a bit of on the topic of uh, the early days of the prequels, um, I have um, Dark Disciple. Oh yeah, um, mm. if you're familiar with that one, you're you're uh, you're reading from my, that's my that's also on my top three list. So uh, we're getting through this quick. <laughs> Am I secretly screen peeking? <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's uh, we're we're all in sync here. <laughs> but I I remember loving uh, reading more about Ventress and how uh, she actually was it Quinlan Vos Quinlan Vos and I I just loved reading about their relationship and just how she grew and evolved as a character and um how how much Quinlan really affected her mm. yeah. is this on your top three I'm curious no because my top three is actually top five I can add a six book <laughs> oh man dude, right. we got to cut that one short then <laughs> I'll read this opening crawl for for this book just so people kind of know what it's about for years, the galaxy-wide conflict known as the Clone Wars has raged. The struggle between the rightful government of the Galactic Republic and the Confederacy of Independent Systems has claimed the lives of untold billions. The force-wielding Jedi for millennia, the guardians of peace in the galaxy, have been thwarted at nearly every turn by the Separatists and their leader, the Sith Lord Count Dooku. With the war showing no signs of ending and the casualties mounting each day, the Jedi must consider every possible means of defeating their cunning foe. Whether some means are too unthinkable and some allies too untrustworthy, trustworthy has yet to be revealed. Uh, something that's really interesting about this book um, is that it is adapted from eight unproduced Clone Wars episodes. And uh, back when Clone Wars was first canceled, they did this thing called um, Clone Wars Legacy. And it was a bit of a multimedia project. Uh, multimedia meaning stuff you can watch, stuff you can read, stuff you can look at. And uh, a lot of these, uh, so a lot of people don't know that, you know, Clone Wars was supposed to go for eight seasons. And the, the full eight season story had been written out already. Brent Friedman, who's one of the writers on the show, has confirmed this. And uh, they've talked about it at numerous conventions and celebrations, you know, revealing a bit more as to kind of things that we missed out on. Um, eventually, of course, Disney went and resurrected Clone Wars again, and we ended up getting thrown a bone from the constant pestering of, <laughs> let's finish this show. It's mostly um, just Josh tweeting at them incessantly. Oh, uh, yeah. I wouldn't claim credit for <laughs> most of the, I mean, there, there are thousands, if not thousands of people out there wanting that show back. And they gave us 12, is that right? 12 episodes for season seven or something like that? That, that was, right. I think yeah. it's, yeah, three arcs of four. Yeah, yeah. So we at least got half a season worth of content. But there's an entire season and a half worth of stories that people didn't get to see. Uh, one of these story arcs um, was the Dark Disciple story arc, and it's eight episodes, all fully adapted into a novel, uh, which uh, counts towards the Clone Wars. So if you've watched the whole Clone Wars, you'll be a big fan of this book because it is 
literally from the pages of, of scripts for Clone Wars episodes that just they didn't have time to finish before the show was canceled. And it's completely about Ventress and her storyline and finishing her storyline because she doesn't show up anymore after the Clone Wars. So a lot of people are like, where the heck did she go? It's you know, true. Like, she just vanished. What happened to her, right? And this book tells that story. I'm trying to remember... <laughs> The pro- her progression. So it's, uh, in the show, she after she's Dooku's apprentice, she turns bounty hunter, mm-hmm. and then no, she turns night sister first. Sorry, night yeah, night sister until mm-hmm. Grievous shows up, kills them all, kills them all. Yeah, and death. Yeah, and then she goes full bounty hunter. And then she goes bounty hunter, and that's kind of where her story ended. Yeah, until we got this book. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah she basically said, "Hi, Kenobi. Bye, Kenobi." Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lo- as you would expect, this Clone Wars, this this Clone Wars book is as rooted in. Clone Wars as you would expect. You know, we have every character that has popped up in Clone Wars pretty much show up in this book. Um, Quinlan Voss is also a big part of the story. So if you liked his, you know, his surfer dude personality, his uh, kind of ladies man sort of charm, um, him and Asajj Ventress kind of have a little thing going. And uh, I really, li- I really liked this book a lot. Uh, so the episodes that are in this book are called Lethal Alliance, The Mission, uh, Conspirators, Dark Disciples, Saving Voss Part 1, Saving Voss Part 2, Traitor and The Path. Uh, this novel is written by Christy Golden and, oh, and I'm, okay. definitely on the top of my list. Also, well. if I'm not mistaken, so Quinlan Voss was a character that was taken, was a background character in Phantom Menace and they made a comic about him and he struggled with turning to the dark side. I think he turned dark for a while mm-hmm. in the comic and they redid that in this novel. Yeah. So the, that's a, uh, an old dark horse comic series, the Star Wars Clone Wars comic book series way back, you know, when the 2D micro series came out and dark right. horse was doing these comic books kind of based on that but way darker so and was uh, it the same lineup as the original darth maul robot legs revival because they were dark that was dark horse that was also dark horse not the same series but it okay. was also dark horse but uh, yeah they that was that was a while ago so that's all legend stuff so it was cool that they like brought back that character and you know got to see more of him on screen stuff and they would have highlighted him in this in this book so uh in this in these episodes so luckily we can read about it um i'm surprised it's not on your top list to be honest i forgot about it until it's in this room but before we started the podcast nice <laughs> So we hadn't even talked about it yet. I was like, oh, write that book. Traitor. Okay. Well, uh, that's another, that's a, that's a big one. Thanks, Francis, for bringing that one up. So we skipped down half my list as well. So, uh, Blake, what's your, what's, what's one of your top three? So first one was Plagueis. We talked about that. Uh, the next one, I sort of cheated. And instead of picking one book, I just put the Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> that's fair 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 enough if you you read one you gotta read all of them but the first one's called heir to the empire so this is a legends just so people know what to look for yes this is legends uh it's timothy zahn uh one of his earlier novels in the star wars universe uh many of the fan favorite eu characters are actually from this series like mara jade and, and thrawn uh it's got the Oh, so hated lizards with the ability to repel the force. Which mm. Everyone has always hated ever since. Dave Filoni has actually been quoted saying getting rid of the weird stuff when he talks about recanonizing some of this. So, so this is a notorious series and super highly recommended to check out. So it actually takes place right after Return of the Jedi. and Nine years after the Battle of Yavin. So about the same time that the Mandalorian takes place. That's right. Yeah. So this was the original post-Return of the Jedi storyline. 
And as Mandalorian has been coming out in the new canon, it seems like uh, they're pulling some ideas from it. For example, bringing Thrawn back. Yeah. So I know myself, I'm excited to see. Also, uh, other characters, other characters like Palian, who's now shown up in right. in uh, Mandalorian as well. In like season three, now he's shown up. So as a, as a Imperial, they brought him back in character. an earlier novel, didn't they? Wasn't he in Aftermath or something? Oh, you're right. Actually, he did show up in a. Yeah, he did show up. Yeah, in a book though. Yeah, you know, like book. first time on yeah. screen, like a lot of. A lot of stuff from this old Thrawn trilogy that they've sort of resurrected for screen, uh, you know, in live action. Because, like, you know, we, we did get Thrawn and Rebels, and, yeah. you know, that was really cool, too. But, uh, but you know, for a lot of people who wouldn't have that exposure to the animated shows, like, they maybe animated series just aren't their thing, right? Um, they would have watched uh, Ahsoka or, you know, Mandalorian and kind of gone like, oh, like, who are the, who, who's this guy? Like, when did he become a part of Star Wars? And, like, whatever, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. I think he's new, but he's actually a Legends character. Yeah, like this character was first, you know, come up with. Yeah, so this is Timothy Zahn trilogy. Um, this uh, first book was published in 1991. Yeah. So, you know, he's been in the Star Wars lore for a while. That's so. the thing. And so this series actually came out in the dark times, what the fans refer to as the dark times, which was after the original trilogy, but before the prequels. There really wasn't a lot of Star Wars material coming out. And post Return of the Jedi, I think it was virtually nothing for several years. Mm -hmm. And this uh, novel series got a lot of people back into the Star Wars as a kind of a medium again, uh, and it really ramped up. I feel like uh, the idea of you know keeping Star Wars at the forefront of people's uh, psyche as far as uh, leading up directly into the prequels. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, uh, this, why, so why should people watch the, or what, read these books? Um, you know, if, if they're not kind of like, kind of like plague, it's like, well, if they're not canon anymore, why should people read these books? Uh, because they're good. They're, <laughs> they are they're legendary <laughs> books, you know? And like, even if they don't have a lot to relevance wise to do with current stories, uh, it's, it's worth reading stories that have sort of a little bit of, uh, roots, you know, with stuff that they're going to do. Yeah. So, you know, like this, this so like, I'm just going to read a small section here. This trilogy follows the, the campaign of Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn from the destruction of the uh, Eloman Task Force to the Battle of Bilbringi, and also recounts the efforts of Dark Jedi Joris Kaboth and his efforts to claim Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa Solo, and her children as his apprentices. So, like, that pretty much has nothing to do with anything we've seen in canon, but... Um, it introduced kind of a cool concept of a dark Jedi, and that is something we've now seen with Balin Skull and his apprentice. Uh, he's this also has the original cloned Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, Luke introduced force cloning. Um, it also introduced Thrawn. Uh, you know, like you know, just a bunch of different stuff. But what's important is if you ever read any Legends book ever, which takes place after Return of the Jedi it's based in the continuity of this trilogy, right? So like Leia's story, Luke's story, you know, Han and Leia's kids, which in the Legends continuity is Jason and Jaina Solo. And then eventually there's Anakin Solo as well. Um, you know, you, there's there's a lot of, you know, kind of relevance to reading those those sort of original storylines and kind of uh, seeing the the inspiration for where things, I guess, ended up. But yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Very, very good stories. Very respected by a lot of Star Wars fans. So and yeah. it really helped explain how or what happened to the Empire after Return of the Jedi, where 
it's still a massive force. It's just now lacking leadership. So it kind of splinters off into separate groups and they become almost like a... There's a term for it, but they they, they basically uh, break off into like so it's different war territories, and they're all smaller leaders fighting each other internally. Mm, yeah. And then how the the new republic starts to reclaim all the territory owned by the empire in this point in time, where they're on kind of a disarray. Yeah. Until Thrawn comes back and is able to start reuniting all the clans. Yeah, that's a it's a great suggestion to read those those three. Um, I'm at the end of my list, which happens to be um, one that I didn't expect to put on, but I put it on because I was like, hold on. Hold what the heck? I don't think we should do all the good first. I think we should cycle through. So you should now do a bad or a meh. Oh. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. We're doing the good first. No, people we're... just going to listen to the start of the podcast and then leave. <laughs> No, no. It, well, it's for it's for the it's for the Christmas gifts, right? They want their they want their. Uh... You're gonna buy a bad book for someone. <laughs> Why would you do that? No, we're talking about them anyway. Okay, so the last one on my list, it's Brotherhood. Um, it's uh, it was published by uh, well, it's published by Del Rey. Author was Mike Shen. Um, I didn't expect to put this one on my list, but it was so good, and I just had to put it on my list because um, it is a Clone Wars based novel. Really brought me back to those growing up books, you know, those uh, Jedi Quest. Jedi adventure kind of stories uh, really fills in some gaps with Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars having this weird like gap of like nothing for like a couple months or weeks or however long it's been because if you start watching Clone Wars chronologically Anakin's already got like semi long hair and, and everything a scar. and a scar and it's like dude like what happened like like there you know there's like like how much time has gone by you know so um, I just thought like this was a really almost almost essential book, which kind of just nailed the characters incredibly well. And it nailed that like prequel vibe Jedi duo between Master and Apprentice like super nicely. And it told a story that uh, I just really couldn't get enough of. I was like, man, this is great. Like, this is just such a good Star Wars book. Um, so that's a newer one. It's canon. It's uh, semi-relevant if you're, you know, looking to fill some holes in kind of your head canon kind of thing. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. So. I'll, I'll read a quick uh, plot summary here. Uh, the Clone Wars have erupted, caught off guard by the quickly expanding conflict. The overwhelmed Jedi Order has rushed to the advancement of Padawans to better integrate into the Grand Army of the Republic and assist the war effort. Newly promoted Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker is increasingly torn between his growing duties to the Republic and his secret marriage to the Senator Padme Amidal of Naboo. With his knighting, his mentor Obi-Wan Kenobi has been elevated to the Jedi Council under the rank of Master, and uh, as dark forces push the Jedi further toward their transformation of the Guardians, to soldiers, Anakin and Obi-Wan find themselves on equal footing yet opposing paths, each pondering the meaning of peace and justice during a wartime. Uh, the Cato Nemordia reference in episode three is also a big part of this story as well. So that was that was kind of cool to see. That's uh, one thing I love that they do is they'll take like a throwaway line from one of the movies and they make a whole novel about something. Like a whole book, yeah. Yeah, that was in. one of my favorite parts of um, Clone Wars or uh, uh, yeah, Clone Wars and also Rebels where um, a, lot, a lot of the uh, big arcs and rebels were just throwaway lines from the original movies like when um when they went out and found all where all the uh the y wings were where they found out um how to build the b wings and how to make mm -hmm. all basically the whole fleet for um the republic uh the rebels mm -hmm. yeah mm. that's a good point it yeah. also explains why they're called the rebel alliance because yeah. they were several cells that then formed an alliance because yeah. it didn't really make a lot of sense before that yeah true 
So um, did, uh, I forget. Did you you guys read Brotherhood or no? Yeah, I think yeah. you and I did a review. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Francis. I don't think I have. Yeah. It's worth worth it's worth reading. Yeah, yeah. I'll add that to my list. Uh, Francis, what you got next on your? Uh, I think you're on the last one now too, right? Because Plagueis and Dark Disciple were both our shared our shared <laughs> ones. <laughs> well, I also cheated and had a. I have a top five. Yeah, okay, I did five oh, yeah. as well. Okay. So it, we'll it was hard to pick three. The other two can me. be notable mentions. Um, the other. Uh, uh, book is also a bit of a cheat choice. Nice. Uh, the Darth Bane <laughs> trilogy. Oh man, Darth Bane. Th- th- those are ones I have not read. I've picked that one up at the bookstore so many times and then just never pulled the trigger. What? I know. There's just so many other things to read. But it's so good. Like it, it elaborates on um, Darth Bane's rule of two and um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of callbacks to the Old Republic and how um, he did research on uh, the Sith of the past like Revan and um, it, it really shows the early days of the Sith and what they turn into um, today. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they needed some sort of explanation how they went from this armada of Sith, kind of equivalent to the Jedi Order, down to just these two, ma- just a master and apprentice working in the shadows. Yeah. So Drew Karpshin is the guy who uh, who wrote these books. And uh, yeah, another another good reason to read these ones is even though they are legends, they're so far in the past, you know, with the story that there's really not a lot of conflicting canon elements that would run in badly with and these it's, stories. It's you know? kind of pseudo canon because Bane did show up for one moment in, at, Clone, Wars. in Clone Wars. Yeah. So he shows up as a bit of a weird allusion to Yoda on on Moraband or, you know, Korriband or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was in the Yoda arc in season six. And. And uh, he showed up, but he would look different. Um, he looked like Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know how I feel about that still. Uh, what's interesting, though, is Mark Hamill voiced him. What? Yeah. That's, so that was cool that was kind of a cool cameo. So Mark Hamill's in the Clone Wars, everybody. Yeah. For one quick moment. One, one quick moment. We got more of him in that show than in episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> too soon <laughs> ouch suck it jj <laughs> uh okay yeah so that, that's no it's it's a great uh great mention um i don't see a plot summary here but um yeah real two darth bane got anything more to add i mean that's basically what the trilogy is about it's just how he goes from uh the leader of this one cell of um the sith and um realizing that looking around him everyone's just trying to take each other down and there is no real order with the sith at the time and it's just uh, him coming to the realization that we're screwed if we stay in a big group. We need to have smaller numbers. And it's his story of um, discovering that and uh, establishing the new Sith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Blake, uh, what you got? What's your next one? So the next one is actually my only canon book on the good side here. And Ooh. I put Lost Stars because I were being very pleasantly surprised because I think it was a young adult novel. It I is. Suppose. Yeah. yeah. And it came out at the same time as the Aftermath trilogy. And I was quite disappointed with that, which we'll get into later. And then this book came out and I wasn't expecting much and then I really liked it. And the basic premise is it's kind of a Romeo and Juliet book, Mm -hmm. but hold on a moment. Let me explain (laughs) before you turn off, turn off the podcast here. (laughs) So it's about these two, uh, there's uh, two kids, there's a boy and a girl and they grew up in this small town and it's right around the time where they find out that the Jedi betrayed the Republic and the Empire is formed. So as they grow up, uh, they join the, uh, they sign up with the, with the, the Empire and one of them defects becomes a rebel and then they're on opposing sides of the war and it's kind of following their their storylines and how they cross each other uh from both sides of the 
the war itself mm-hmm. is actually really fascinating to kind of see but basically both political sides of what's going on in this era yeah that is a very romeo juliet yeah. yeah it's well summarized it's easy to read like easy on the eyes you know not, no <laughs> words tripping you up because it's a young adult novel yeah. right like it's you know <laughs> yeah, this yeah. book let me tell you it is easy on the eyes it's easy on the <laughs> eyes yeah easy on the brain uh i didn't eat the look up words you know uh it's written by claudia gray and yeah it was fantastic yeah. it was really good it was of the early books that came out this was hands down the best and that's why claudia gray has gotten several novels from i knew this was going to be on your list and that's yeah. part of the reason why i put brotherhood on mine okay because it was like it was up there you know yeah i, I was wondering if you have that on there or not yeah. i was worried we all just have the same list that's why i switched books. it up that's why i switched it up <laughs> Uh, I think two out of three for one shared item is, is enough for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Francis, what, what you got else on your, your good list? Um, another one on my good list was the um, Master and Apprentice novel. Um, oh, yeah. So with, uh, before you continue with that, this is the book that I think I may have mentioned this before we hit record, but uh, this is the book that I started reading. I was super into it. I absolutely loved it. I was digging it so hard. This is it? And then I just stopped. Yeah, I got so busy with just lifestyle stuff working a couple months went by and then i felt the need to restart the book from the beginning because i couldn't quite remember stuff well enough to continue reading and then i just never got around to that because something else kind of took my attention away and it's been my list ever since so i read about half the book And I loved it. I loved whatever, but I can't put it on my list because I never finished it, but it would have been on my list if I'd had. So I love that you're bringing this up. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> but I love this book because um, I think um, certain plot points of it got adapted into a comic series because um, it's the first time that um, that Obi-Wan uh, meets Duchess... Um, Satine. Satine, yeah. Mm. Um, and I oh, don't know, I just really love the book because, oh, why haven't you read it? This is also <laughs> also a Claudia Gray book. So, so same author who wrote Lost Stars mm-hmm. wrote this book clearly she knows what she's doing oh yeah um but yeah the book's just about um qui-gon and um i keep wanting to say kenobi um <laughs> obi-wan's uh, relationship and how the like, how close they were as um master and apprentice and as um, more like brothers um and yeah it was just also really nice seeing um how quippy and how witty um satine was with um obi-wan and yeah just the mm-hmm. way their relationship kind of grew developed and um how they adapted that into the clone wars what i really like was the ties that it had to clone wars even in addition to that uh there was mentions about uh teth i think the beginning of the book or something they they start they go to teth and that was uh, if anyone's watched the theatrical release for clone wars uh they they're on this very purpley dusty rocky planet called teth and uh that's uh, there's a big monastery there and you know smugglers and huts and stuff kind of have hideouts every all over the place so it was a cool world that and we never really saw again mm-hmm. and i liked the idea of this landscape you know it was just something we just hadn't really seen before and and uh very rarely revisited it was revisited once later in the show but yeah i love the book that you know takes place here um very good book very good book so i would trying to remember if i've read this book or if i'm just getting it mixed up with the count dooku maybe audio uh radio show radio storytelling whatever thing there were some crossovers some ties between master and apprentice and dooku jedi lost mm-hmm. with with characters like rail okay uh, which yeah. was dooku's first apprentice mm-hmm. that's right and dooku okay. was also in the book i think yes he was. yeah so because i'm trying to remember in this novel that uh, we're talking about is there a lot of scenes where obi-wan thinks Qui-Gon doesn't want him as an apprentice. Yes. Okay, so I have read it. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm like, I'm, as you're talking about it, I'm like vaguely remembering. 
Yeah. Yeah. They struggle. They at first they kind of, that's part of the story is like they struggle. They don't see to, eye to eye. No, yeah. he's, he struggles to kind of see their, their sync, their symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's also a lot about Qui-Gon being Dooku's apprentice and being obsessed with the chosen one, uh, lore, which he finds out in a holocron that Dooku was studying. Prophecies. Yeah. Pro- it really gets yeah. into prophecies, prophecies a lot. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And it, that's where, that's uh, sort of an area where Dooku Jedi Lost excelled as well was like the whole kind of prophecy obsessions and Sifo-Dyas. Um but yeah great book great great bringing that up I yeah, forgot about that one too that was a good one uh Blake your <laughs> next your last next I got two, I got this one and one more uh, okay all right but uh, Francis has one more as well so we'll go back and forth <laughs> sure sounds good <laughs> on the positives <laughs> uh, my next one I'm surprised you didn't have this on here Josh is Re- Republic Commando uh yeah I love I absolutely love um, don't get me wrong I absolutely love the game to death um the books uh, I did I liked the first one mm-hmm. and I liked yeah, like I'm, the fourth ad- admittingly, one admittingly I'm putting this down for the first book the first book was really good then it got second was okay I feel like each book was like a step down so the first book is called Hard Contact Republic mm-hmm. Commando it's written by Karen Travis for those who need to know it's also a Legends story yeah carry on it is entirely from uh, the clones perspective except I guess there's a few chapters from the one Jedi who joins them but uh, for me, this is one of the first books I got into that really got into like a soldier's perspective was going on, especially uh, in the Clone Wars, which I found was super cool. And uh, it really fleshed out these kind of random uh, Navy SEAL-esque clone troopers that we really only, they kind of came out of nowhere with the Clone Commando game. And then there's like, after the novels, I think they're, they decided to do one cameo appearance in Clone Wars. And now they're kind of in the background of all the Bad Batch episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of neat seeing that flushed out and the design of the commandos is just super cool even though if you're in a stealth mission having a glowing mask is probably a bad idea the, oh, terrible terrible <laughs> yeah the first book actually came out a couple months prior to the oh, release think, of the I'm, game i'm also forgetting about gregor which had his own arc semi arc. yeah gregor was kind of the highlight character i think of, of most of the series but um, yeah, the, the book came out in 2004 in October and uh, the game which uh, sort of got me introduced to Republic Commandos came out in 2005 in March. So um, I feel like they kind of sort of timed it properly. You know, it's like, OK, we're doing a book, we're doing a game, we're kind of doing all this stuff. Uh, elite clones. Uh, I love it. And it really fleshed out the, the kind of the clone tiering and how they were all trained by Mandalorians, specifically the commandos trained by Mandalorians where mm-hmm. the regular soldiers were kind of taught by whoever, just uh, yeah. random military contractors. Yeah. But there was like a predecessor, a predecessor. What am I thinking? Yeah. Predecessor. Yeah. Thank you. Predecessor. Yes. That uh, of a clone gen alpha, which had more genetic manipulations. They were like super soldiers, even more so than the commandos, which are totally down but they were so independent that they were hard to control in a military setting which is why they decided not to make more and you see a number of these specific uh clones show up in the original animated series i think it was kind of based on that those were the original arc troopers yeah yeah Bef- exactly. before the idea of arc changed into just kind of a well a, a promotion yeah, yeah like a promotion of some kind yeah, yeah 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 so originally they were these super soldiers yeah and there was like very few of them and they're all very very engulfed in mandalorian culture and by super you don't mean like bad batch level superpowers like you no, just mean like, like very very skilled, independent very skilled and very very skilled but they also were slightly genetically manipulated to be uh it's not the same level as bad batch where they all have like a unique thing but they were smarter a little stronger kind of basically like the master chief yeah of yeah clones just not quite to that extent either right if you recall, can't flip over a tank <laughs> 
If I recall, uh, wasn't Rex one of them? But he wasn't one that was um, indoctrinated into the Mandalorian culture as R- much. Rex's Rex's design is based on one of those arc troopers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I remember reading somewhere that he was uh, some sort of alpha trooper, and that's why he's more individual than a lot of um, other um, troopers that Anakin's encountered. Like he's so much more of a free thinker than any of anyone else that he's led. Right. right. Yeah. I think maybe some of those traits of the character probably come from that original design in, in the legends. But again, you know, it's the legends material yeah. here making its way into canon. And, yeah. you know, this is what and, it's all about. The roots. Right. And it also this series. So the, the first book is the best one. But the series did also help explain the original reason why the clones all turned on the Jedi before they added the brain chip storyline. Mm. So they re they've changed the canon around that point. But I actually like what this series did better than what's canon currently. Um, I don't know if I should explain that. So I'll just let, let you read the novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it also has the first clone uh, Jedi hybrid, as in a Jedi and a clone get together and have a kid who becomes a Force-sensitive clone. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't worry, because Lego Star Wars has recanonized that in the Lego lore. <laughs> nice. They <Nice. laughs> did? Yeah, there's a whole thing about this, a Force-sensitive clone trooper. Uh, I mean, Francis, Lego's that around it, too. You got you got one more on your, your good list here. Well, I don't think I need to mention it anymore, because it's also Republic Commandos. Um, is it? Yes. Uh, Which one? I'm, I'm going to throw a bone to uh, Death Troopers. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, I forgot about that one. That was also really good. Yeah. That's uh, that's the... Because I, I listened to the audiobook version of that one, and that's the only one, only novel I've ever listened to where I almost fainted while on transit. Because it was... In the audiobook, they have all these kind of gross... Uh, like kind of squishy noises and stuff or because it's, it's a zombie novel yeah it's about his stormtroopers uh, basically been raised to the death through sith alchemy and stuff through uh there's like a virus and when i was riding trans i got faint and i had to sit down and sit on my i was on my way to the airport and i had to sit on my bag because i almost passed out in the middle of the train <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how good the audiobook version is so listen to the audiobook of this so this book is written by joe uh schreiber and uh you know it came out in when was this 2009 so it was a while ago but uh, also a legends book and it takes place about a year before a new hope and uh so yeah like you like you heard i mean if you like star wars if you like zombies is where it originally Originates, and uh, I'm sure you love seeing actual death troopers in Ahsoka when oh, those yeah. pops up. That because, was really cool. Yeah, because a lot of because I think when all of us saw Rogue One, and there was a new type of stormtrooper that showed up in that movie, which was the death trooper, and they they're black armor, they have the neon green highlights to them and stuff, and they look pretty pretty sweet, but they're they're very much alive, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think a lot of us are like, oh, well, that's kind of a lame way to work in the, the, the name of the death, you know, death trooper into it. Like a, it's like ah, whatever. Uh, I didn't really care much for the for the title uh, until most recently when they made Death Trooper Death Troopers. That's right, Dead Death Troopers. Dead Death Troopers in in Ahsoka, and I was like, yes, like that finally, was, you know, like that was, uh, that was probably the highlight of the whole series for me when you they when uh, Ahsoka smashes the oh sorry Sabine Sabine smashes the the face mask of the one Death Trooper and you get the zombie mouth coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. That was super cool. That was super awesome. Yeah, trying to eat her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
hear the teeth <laughs> chattering. Yeah. <laughs> so good, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the mention on that one as well. Probably not. In my opinion, maybe you disagree, Francis, but I don't think the prequels worth reading. I really couldn't get into it as much. The original novel, though, was fantastic. Yeah, I I agree with that. So the author has uh, something to say about it. And uh, he says, uh, he says, if you were a child in the 70s who grew up with the original Star Wars trilogy and really digs horror in the vein of The Shining and Alien with a little dose of William Gibson mixed in, this is for you. So I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Blake, is that your last one? I got one more. One more. And this one. Oh, no mas. It's hard for me to actually like put a number to all the books that I've shared, and this one falls in there too. So I'm reading it last on my good list, but you could really say any of these in any order. And my last one is Scoundrels. It's another Timothy Zahn novel, and this one is a heist novel around uh, Han Solo and him getting a crew together. Lando's there, and Chewie's there. Usually I'm not a big fan of the the novels that are bringing in all the, the characters from the movies, but I thought this one did a really good job. So this is a post-episode four book in The Legend continuity and it was written by Timothy Zahn like you say came out uh, 2013 that was the same year that Disney bought the company I remember this one when it came out it was like one of the last canon books non-canon non-canon sorry yeah yeah it one just, of the last non-canon just books. missed it yeah. Uh, is there an excerpt there? Would mind if you just. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking for one here. So there's a plot or a plot. Uh, what is there? There's a plot summary. I don't see a. Is there like prelude. a prelude? Yeah, like a, or like the back of the novel. That's what we should be reading. Yeah. Anyone able to do um, an impression of the narrator from the Clone Wars? <laughs> I can do a really bad one, but I'm not going to do it for this because it's too just much hit the text. Button. <laughs> <laughs> just hit the button. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Star Wars Escape Pod is the Republic's choice of podcast anywhere in the galaxy. Leave a stellar review on tune in each week for more. There we go. Thanks you, Lauren. <laughs> I uh, wish one of us was able to do it so we could read the preludes just... Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that, that would be the good. The Clone Wars yeah. have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Han Solo should be basking in his moment of glory after all the cocky smuggler and captain of the Millennium Falcon just played a key role in the daring raid that just destroyed the Death Star and landed the first serious blow to the Empire in its war against the Rebel Alliance. But after losing the reward, his heroics earned him. Han's got nothing to celebrate, especially since he's deep in debt to the ruthless crime lord Jabba the Hutt. There's a bounty on Han's head, and if he can't cough up the credits, he'll surely pay with his hide. The only thing that can save him is a king's ransom, or maybe a gangster's fortune? Uh, That's what a mysterious stranger is offering in exchange for Han's less-than-legal help with a riskier-than-usual caper. The payoff will be more than enough for Han to settle his debt with Jabba, and ensure that he has uh, that he never has to haggle with the huts again. All he has to do is infiltrate the ultra-fortified stronghold of a Black Sun crime syndicate underboss and crack the galaxy's most notoriously impregnable safe. Uh, it sounds like a job for a miracle workers or madmen. So Han assembles a gallery of rogues who are a little uh, of both including his indispensable sidekick Chewbacca and the cunning Lando Calrissian. If anyone can dodge, deceive, or defeat heavily armed thugs, killer droids, and Imperial agents alike and pull off the heist of the century, it's Solo's scoundrels. But will their crime really pay or will it cost the ultimate, them the ultimate price? Um, one thing that kind of like, I've never read this book, but one thing that ergs me about it is how did they smooth over the whole like long time, like, you know, dist- uh, time between Han and Lando seeing each other? 
other because like they see each other in episode five mm-hmm. and it, it seems like it's been a while like probably right. since the events of like the solo movie right but like yeah. this book takes place right after episode four and episode five is only like two three years later that's right? fair so like how did they do you remember if they like well in my head canon, that? this is before episode four <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't really think too deeply about it, to be honest. I just really enjoyed this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very ocean, Ocean's Eleven. Anyway, th- that's one of those things I'm saying, like, you know, Legends continuity again. Then you get into that little, like, nitty gritty of, like, uh, well, does, does it, it work? really make sense? Yeah. Well, it yeah. could be one of those situations where you meet up with someone you haven't seen in quite a few years and um, you hang out and then you don't think you'll ever see them again. And then, surprise, you're here. Really? You? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Never thought it. I'd see you here in Bespin. <laughs> A good point. It's a good point. Uh, so there we go. That's our good list of Star Wars books. And uh, we don't need to get into the plot summaries for all the meh and the ugly. But I do want to do a run through of things that maybe just kind of little hot tips of like, this is what I thought was like. So if, if we're going to be doing the mess now, the meh, you know, you can consider it bad, but bad is still readable. It's just like, I wouldn't read it again. Right. So like, that's why I called it the, the meh section. Um, so like, I'm just going to run through, run, run through, run through mine. We can just go around like, you know, you can just kind of run through yours. Uh, the number one meh book for me, uh, ironically enough, is a, a legends book. Um, and it is triple zero. It is the second Republic commando book. And the reason why it's this the one is on my list place on Coruscant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why this is so much on my list is because I really enjoyed the first book, you know, and the one that you put in your good list. And uh, I read the second book and it very much less features Delta uh, uh, Omega squad, which is the main squad of the first book and focuses a bit more on Omega and Delta squad. And uh, I think one or two other squads as well, but Delta being the the squad from the video game. So it kind of crossed over with the events of the video game, you know, the first book and characters and then the, the game characters crossing over men in this book. Sounds like a dream come true, right? But um, I read it and I was so bored because it was like it mostly on Coruscant during wartime. It was super not interesting, at mm-hmm. least for me. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like one of those very stereotypical militarized kind of like novelization, you know, like one of those military books, like one of those Tom Clancy's that you see on the shelf at Save right. On foods or something like that it felt like it may have been like something like that i just wasn't really excited and uh i just remember it being a struggle to get through mm-hmm. but and uh, you know for for it's just kind of scarred me for life i just like man i'm never gonna read that again but does that mean you like the third one better the third one was better yeah and i remember the fourth and the fifth one being really good because i'm trying to, so, trying to think what the order is so the third one was true colors yeah the fourth one was order 66 and the okay, fifth one, one i'm the, thinking of then the last one was imperial commando yeah so that's the third one i don't remember what happens because that's the one where they escape I, I, I and like honestly, they yeah, set I th- up a farm on Mandalore. I th- uh, I think so. I don't remember. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Did you read these as well? I remember reading them. Yeah. Do I remember anything? I, it's been so long. It's been so long since. I, and so the last time I read, it's a good this thing book, we're recommending these books. No, no. This is the mail list. This is the mail list. This is why I'm not recommending it. Um, remember but anyway, okay. So, so that's that's number one. Number two on my list, uh, Battlefront Twilight Company. This was horrendous, dude. Horrendous. Why is this on meh? It should be on bad. <sighs> it should be on this bad. This is technically bad. This is technically bad. It's not ugly. No meh. I thought we decided. Well, it, it's obviously me- let's meh is like that we didn't really plan this out very well. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's okay. So here, here's what here's here's something to note about like the meh and the bad, right? Like I did, I couldn't come up with enough meh books, so I came up with a list of like. These were books that were like bad to me, but also like other people kind of enjoyed them. Okay. I get, yeah. So, 
because I will say for me, meh was like, it would be my, I read it. It was fine. I'll never read it again. Yeah, there's that too. It's kind of a mix. It's like an in-between period, you know? For um, me, the meh books were books that I wanted to like, but I have way too many sticks and problems with them. Yeah, that's a good and way to put it too. That's the a good ugly way books were books that I just thought, oh, why were you written? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But on that point, this book is on my, the Twilight Company is on my list for the why were you written book Okay, section. okay, okay. You know what? I'll switch them. I'll switch them. <laughs> All right. Okay, so so I'll, I'll talk about that one in a bit I, then. I convinced Josh to take I, a I, I, I just switched it with uh, with another book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we'll skip that one for now. Uh, I'll go to the next one on my list. Inquisitor, Rise of the Red Blade. Uh, mm. This one was a book that we read most recently, and I feel like I enjoyed maybe 65% of the book. Yeah. Um, the reason th- th- there was a number of reasons that irked me about it. Um, and it usually had to do with mentions that like, like there's no mention of Count Dooku's turn at all in that novel, which felt very almost like needed for a Jedi who grew up in the order, not to think of this person who is now the opposing villain of the whole war, you know, as sort of like, Oh, why did he leave? You know, like this is someone who's contemplating their entire life, you know, their life decision to be a Jedi or not. And they're and involved in the war fighting against yeah. Count Dooku and never even mentioned that he used to be Jedi. Not once <laughs> was his name mentioned in the entire thing. Yeah. And I was oversight. completely blown away by the oversight on that. And yeah. uh, there was a number of other things. I'm not going to get into it because this isn't supposed to be a lengthy part of the podcast, but, uh, this is on my meh list. Okay. Uh, now that I switched Battlefront out, I'm going to put in uh, a different one. The last on my mech list was uh, Jedi Battle Scars. This was a book that I also really wanted to enjoy because it bridges the gap between the first and the second game in the EA Respawn oh, Entertainment right. Jedi uh, Survivor and Jedi Fallen Order. I mm-hmm. uh, really wanted to enjoy this book because you know I felt like it would be some really worthy connective tissue there. We had an appearance from one of the Inquisitors. It was the fifth brother who also has shown up in Kenobi now. Uh, making an appearance in this book. So I thought it was going to be good. Ended up being incredibly not what I expected. And there was only maybe one section of it that was more or less exciting. And all I can tell you is it was completely worth skipping. Uh, Not worth reading if you really don't want to read it. You know, like, I mean, if you're obsessed with Cal Kestis, you might love the book. Um, but, you know, for me, I was uh, like, I will disagree I could have with gone without it. And that's why I was looking forward to reading the book was because of Cal Kestis. And I disliked it. So, I, I just didn't enjoy it to the point where I didn't finish it. Yeah, you stopped I, reading it. I couldn't bring myself to finish reading it because it was just so boring. Right. Nothing happened. Well, that's what I'm saying. There was only one <laughs> section that I really liked. Okay. But the rest of it was not that great. I yeah. also stopped reading it. Yeah. Put <laughs> <laughs> that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's my mail list. Um, so maybe Francis, you can kick us off with maybe one of your mess. Um, I only have two things on my mail list. Well, now, now that battle scars have been covered. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably under ugly. Uh, meh. Um, one of them was the, uh, death troopers prequel. I just felt like it didn't add anything. Red to, harvest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't really add anything to the original and it didn't, it just didn't have the same vibe or was written in the same style whatsoever. Yep. Do you feel like it was written because death troopers was incredibly successful? Probably. Yes. <laughs> and then it was just like really bad. Like, it, it was literally just, Hey, look, that was a very popular book. How can we make more money? Yeah. yeah. Mm. I remember AJ not enjoying red harvest as much either yeah i didn't like it as much either it sounds like it's pretty unanimous in the fandom uh i would i'll give i'll throw it a bone and say they did throw in an hk 47 unit but that's about it (laughs) (laughs) okay 
What else you got? Uh, this this is a this was a tough book for me to put on the bad list, but um, the Old Republic Revan book. Oh really? Oh wow! Interesting. Yeah. Um, with my love of Revan and the fact that I have a professional cosplay of Revan, you'd think that I wouldn't have this on my bad list. Yeah. Dude, you're just being honest. You have a high standard for Revan lore. Well. When I read it, it was just so. Which Revan book is this? The is this the older public Revan? Yeah. Book? Like okay, all right. Um, because it it ties in um Kotor one two and um the MMO, but it it felt like they were just doing their best to tie in all of the loose threads with what they were given. Um, it's because the, the games had such different directors and different um ways that they wanted to go. Um, it kind of just felt like a hodgepodge of. How the hell could we explain why Revan went here? Mm. This guy's in his life. Sure. Let, let, let's let's push him in his life. Yeah, let's let's make him do this. So it kind of just felt like a lot of weird half-baked decisions um, to link the stories. And I wanted to like it. I really wanted to like it. But yeah, it just it just didn't feel like it was... It, it could have been could've something been so much more. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting Lost because potential. the author for this is the same who wrote the Darth Bane trilogy, Drew Carption. So it's interesting to me that you just didn't like it that much but i mean like if you really love the character though you know it's almost difficult to impress right like you know because yeah. then you'd expect something better or something different so i i get it um so that's yeah yeah interesting I, i've never read this one so you know maybe now i won't <laughs> <laughs> again th yeah this is another one in, in the bookstore picked up a few times and just never got to it yeah now i won't <laughs> i mean i will say there's like if anyone's interested in the lore of what revan did between the different games um and why he did certain things and how he got his memory back that's explained in the book but i don't blame the author i blame the game directors because they chose such different paths to, to bring the character that this is between the first and second game it's between the first and second game and then there's okay. a time skip on what happened with the last game hmm. okay yeah gotcha because i've only ever played the original rpgs I've mm. never played the MMO. Yeah, because Revan also appears in the MMO, but that's, I think, 400 years in the future. Okay. And um, everyone was wondering, why is Revan here in the future? Yeah. And this I heard they made him not very impressive. No, <laughs> not at all. Was that an actual, like, because I know, like, the older public MMO game story stuff is super whack now. But, like, what was the reason for his return? I'm just curious. So... <laughs> If, um, if you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. Like, it's just like, if, if you know, you know, from memory or whatever. So from what I remember, um, Revan, in the book, they explain that Revan, um, uh, oh God, what's his, what's her name? Um, uh, is it Bastilla, Shan? No, it's uh, mm -hmm. Mitra and uh, I'm forgetting the other guy's name, but uh, the three of them, they went to uh, thwart the Sith Emperor. But the other guy got a vision and he realized that the only person that can defeat the Sith Emperor was um, a Jedi. And that's neither of them three. So he betrays Mitra, stabs her in the back, literally, and kills her and lets the Sith Emperor take Revan and he just pledges his allegiance to the Sith Emperor. And the Sith Emperor basically puts him in an incubation tank and uh, keeps him alive just to torture him every day for more information about the Republic. And somehow the Sith Emperor uses alchemy to keep Revan alive for uh, 300 years just to keep torturing him, which to his credit is very spiteful. But, Dang, okay. But if you're torturing someone for information, after how long is that information not useful anymore? Well, apparently, in the book, it, in the book, they say that Revan was um, influencing the Emperor to keep him alive so that he could eventually overthrow him and um, kill him. Um, but 
300 years of getting force lightning. You want, <laughs> I give up after like the first five. Yeah, you think his heart would get out at some point. Like, yeah. <laughs> Luke um, lasted like 10 seconds. My great, 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 great grandfather was torturing you for this information. So you better give it to me today or it will be tomorrow or the next day or my great grandchild. <laughs> he will do the same. Yep. But I mean, Revan had so much pride that he was like, no, 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 I am not going to give in. But yeah, after 300 years, um, I forget who, but someone eventually breaks his chamber, lets him out. And he's like, finally, I can have my revenge. But then um, at that point, Revan's been tortured for so long, his actual light side had already died. And it was just the part of him that was um, in the dark side and Sith. So... That part already took over the body and just wanted revenge. And he goes on his own like side quest th- uh, for the MMO. And you basically have to stop Revan and stop him from killing everybody to kill the Emperor. And instead, you kill him and you recruit his light side ghost that's returned after killing the dark side ghost. And now he joins you and the whole army of everybody. And then you, as the protagonist, kill the Emperor. Hmm, sounds weird. Yeah. Sounds like an MMO. Sounds like an MMO, it yeah. Incredibly convoluted, and I have no idea why they did this. <laughs> like name drop. Yeah, but like, why would you have this character from the previous game just be tortured in some guy's basement for three hundred years? I think that's why so a lot of people don't like the MMO, and you know, it's just like it's sort of kind of sacrilege to like the original two very much beloved games, Night to the Old Republic. Well, it's hard to do a good story when you're playing with a bunch of people all doing the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. Because like yeah. MMO is more of a social game and yeah. not meant to explain a lot of storytelling. Mm. Uh, Blake, let's hear your meh list. Your 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 three okay, or so, two, whatever you got. So for meh, uh, what I think of meh, my explanation of it, just so everyone listening knows what's going on, it's I read it once. It was okay. You know, I didn't dislike it. Uh, if I hadn't read it yet, I like it, I would read it once. But now that I've read it, I'm not gonna go back to it. So the first one, Josh might get mad, is Ahsoka. No, I get it. I get it. It was it was okay at the time. I'm glad I found out what happened to Ahsoka after mm-hmm. Clone Wars ended because we were all wondering this yeah it was not a lot happened i felt like she we found out how she got her her silver lightsabers yeah she learned how to farm and look after some kids and pretend she wasn't a jedi yeah yeah i think you know as far as the character transformation goes she goes from sort of going from like a hiding sort of characters to to finally something bringing her out into where she's revealing herself as a jedi and you know that's a big transformation moment and that's where she contacts bail and you know, gets involved with the rebellion. And anyone who's thinking, oh, this sounds very familiar, uh, it's because they adapted a section of this book into one of the Tales of the Jedi animated shorts. Uh, The third one that Mm -hmm. we see Ahsoka take on Mm -hmm. the Masked Inquisitor, who in the book uh, was actually, I forget which number it was, but he had been a very, um, up until the animated short, which I have gripes with, uh, because it didn't really flesh out the story very well. And uh, it was not the right visual design for the that particular Inquisitor that we'd seen in the comic books for Darth Vader. And uh, I believe we never actually, in the animated version, we never got that moment where she takes the Inquisitor's lightsaber, empties the kyber crystals, and takes those and purifies them and 
turns them white. That yeah. would have been like if they did that in the animated short, that would have made that animated short so much better. I don't know why they didn't do it. And yeah, they didn't either. do that. It's so strange because yeah. it would explain what happened to all these people who didn't read the books, why she has these white lightsabers. We've never seen white lightsabers before. Yep. And it was in that moment and they didn't do it. I don't know if they just pressed for time. I don't And it's such a powerful moment. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Meh. Definitely I, I agree. Like yeah. if if you've read everything else on our list, like feel free to read this one. It was okay, but it's a as a one done for me. Fair enough. Uh the next I have is uh for the new series books that came out i put high republic books one and three because book two is terrible and on my bad list <laughs> <laughs> so i actually really enjoyed the first one of that the high republic se- uh, series that uh, the main series that came out light of the jedi light of the jedi this one to me was cool because i really liked the bad guys yeah um and i would probably put the the sister book on the same tier here as well which is the one where we find out about the those the, like the sith plant creatures oh yeah it was a young adult novel uh, called into the dark yeah, okay, that's the I one. Believe. The only issue with that one is they built all of this thing up with this new like Sith alchemy evil monster creature. And it could have been as cool as Death Troopers is what it was going for and why I really liked the book. Right until the very end where they decided to make the creatures sentient and they're like talking to people and stuff and just totally ruined it. Because yeah. it, it should have been a monster like a like from the alien franchise like a yeah. xenomorph sort of thing you can't really interact it's just something on a destructive path and it's uncontrollable and they have to figure out how to survive yeah they made them talk and that was stupid <sighs> they ruined yeah. it honestly it could have been so cool yeah and in the higher public series kind of the same thing where the bad guy they build up are is the the bad guys are this group of what are essentially raiders from the uh what the what was that series called the mad max series right right where they're these kind of like these punk Everything's kind of like covered in random spikes unnecessarily. They're really into like rock metal and they're just constantly doing drugs and they just, they just don't care. Yeah. The Nihil. The Nihil. Yeah. They're kind of like these, they're basically like a Viking space version of the, the Raiders from Mad Max. I thought that was super cool. I really enjoyed them. But then again, they kind of squandered it. So it didn't really go anywhere. Fair so enough. that's why I like the first book for both of these things. But I wouldn't read any farther than that. So, so okay. <laughs> so you liked The Light of the Jedi. Yeah. And you liked... The third one the, was okay. I, I That's why it's on the meh list. But the second one was complete hot garbage, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, the third one is called what again? Maybe it's a bit harsh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not enjoy that one. I found it very boring. The the second one, you mean? The second one, yes. So that so the second light, one. Yeah. So the second one's on your meh list. No, it's on my bad list. The void list. Oh, okay. We're not doing bad yet. We're doing we're Correct. doing mess. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, meh yeah. is one and three. Meh is light of the Jedi. Yes. Okay. Okay. So meh is light of the Jedi, and I'm looking for the third title. Uh, that one is. I don't think I ever read these books, but so the monster thing that carries throughout the trilogy, or is uh, it that just the so first there's one? there's the fallen star. That's Fallen the third Star. One. That's yeah. the one. It's about the space station. So uh, when they just the, when they launched the High Republic series, I think it's about a year ago now. Two years ago. Oh no 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 no! This was Time they they, they launched they launched <laughs> the High Republic series at the basically almost like the first year into the pandemic. So it was like okay. 2020. So okay. about three three years ago. Man, time flies. Yeah. So when they first launched it, there were several series they launched simultaneously or within a few months of each other. And they're, they've launched them kind of by age category. So there's the the adult novels, which are the Light of the Jedi, the ones I'm talking about here. Right. And then there's the young adults, which is the, the monster one I'm referring to. The first one's Into the Dark. 
Yeah, Into the Dark. They did um, like Midnight Horizon or something. They did, yeah. Basically, they did, uh, they, they have the High Republic set up in waves. So the first wave was like three, four hundred years before Phantom Menace. And it um, uh, starts with the Light of the Jedi book, uh, introduces the villains of the story, the Nihil, right? And uh, there was going to be three of the adult Del Rey novels, which were uh, Light of the Jedi, The, Ri- the Rising Storm, and uh, The Fallen Star. And uh, sort of the main overarching plot of that was that the Jedi are trying to expand to the Outer Rim. And so they have to set up and build a space station uh, called Starlight Beacon, which is basically like a, a Death Star style thing, but maybe not as big. And it's sort of like a, you know, light sided thing, you know, that they can, it, it's like a, for the, for the hollow net, right? They can like finally, because okay. the, yeah. the hollow net doesn't have like enough reception to get out to the outer rim yet very well. So it's so like it's that. Kind of it's like how the old medical West centers was happening simultaneous with New York being built. So yeah. Like there's okay, society, like what we call like modern society kind of uh, starting to take place. But and there's also the frontier. The frontier is happening yeah. simultaneously. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, so that's, and then the Nihil are like kind of messing things up for them. So that's what the main books are about. The young adult novels took, uh, took a one step down and sort of were sister books, like, like what Blake was saying, where uh, it would be involving like maybe younger ish like jedi padawans and like their master or whatever sort of in between like like being affected by these main events but they're off doing something else and it was like different stories elsewhere happening with mentions to these like grander kind of plot lines going on in the main adult series and then there was the junior series, which there was three of those and uh, or four of those or whatever. And those were even for younger readers and also kind of a further step down. They would kind of be playing off of the main plot line, but they would be more subsidiary kind of stories going on. Right. So they're kind of all happening. And the comic book series. There was there was the Marvel comic book series as well that was tying into all of that. And I will say so. this one thing I really liked about the High Republic eras that they were doing with these waves because everything that the, the writers and authors between all of them are they're doing a really good job yeah they're all in one room yeah con- like talking and like planning okay. all this stuff so everything ties together really well super and, well yeah uh, everything kind of references each other and some uh, are directly impacted by other novels and stories okay. which is super cool but at the same time i would say not all of them hit the mark yeah yeah the second wave was a prequel wave so wave two is chronologically actually the first one you read and that's 200 years before the light of the jedi book takes place and it's the same format they got the adult novels the young adult and junior and then phase three which uh starts up i think very soon uh that wave is the final wave and i think it t- it's there's a bit of a time jump between the end of phase one and uh, i think they're going like 100 years later and this wave will take us to about 100 ish years before phantom Menace, maybe 200 years before and leading into like the acolyte tv show which is going to be on disney plus okay and there is a confirmed character from the novels that is in that show and it's a Wookiee Jedi and uh, they've or maybe maybe it's not the same character or like a different character that is the same idea I guess but they've uh, there there is a character that is showing up that is the same character and it's that girl with the purple skin and I forget her name Vernestra maybe anyway in the show she's like an older woman but in the books that we've read she's like a young girl so it's kind of cool thanks yeah um, so yeah, okay, so that's your two mehs, and then you got a third? Yes, and my third meh is Last Shot. Last Shot, yeah, yes. I remember you didn't like that one, that was the Han uh, Solo was, Lando book, right? Yeah, that's right, and so this book takes place very close to the beginning to The Force Awakens. 
And the reason why it's on meh and I didn't put it on the bad is it has a lot of cool, good things that are filling in a lot of gaps, stuff, explaining things that kind of you see in The Force Awakens. Uh, they, did, they did a really good job with that. And I liked Lando's story arc overall, but I don't, uh, there's a common theme I'm seeing with my meh selection and that's they just can't wrap it up right. Mm. It falls mm. apart in the last third of the book. Interesting. Yeah. So if you remember, there was that Sith mask thing going on and the people were being possessed by it in like a Lando book. Oh yeah, that was in the com- that was in the Lando comic book. Yeah, that yeah. was in this book. I think so. They show it up again. Yeah, because there's then then the the yeah because I think there's someone who has the yeah because it's it's all tied together with Ray's parents. Really? Am I getting this mixed up? <laughs> You're thinking of Shadows of the Sith? Is that also a Lando book? Yeah, it was a Lando and Luke book, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Sorry, not Last Shot. This one. Oh, okay. So, sorry. Everyone listening, ignore what I've said. <laughs> that I don't like in my or is in my mech. Okay, head. here, 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 here. This might help you out. <laughs> Plot summary. Last, last Shot consists of four storylines spread across five parts. The main storyline is set in the New Republic era, two years after the Battle of Jakku. It is told from the points of view of Han and Lando, who are coming to terms with life in the New Republic. The other three storylines are a collection of flashback chapters set during the Imperial era featuring Solo, Calrissian, L337 from the Solo movie, the, anta- uh, the antagonistic pawn rogue surgeon Faison Gore, and the wandering star crime boss Slee Pesteria. Um, there's also a mention of some sort of Ewok slicer <laughs> uh, involved. That was my own words right there. Do um, you remember an Ewok hacker? Like a computer genius who's like an Ewok? Oh, man. I know. I've, I'm positive I've read went this. to a very different place when you said that. <laughs> Ewok slicer. <laughs> I think I've read this book as well. No, no, this is the book. This yeah, is the, the book. This is last shot you're talking. Yeah, about. last shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've read this as well, but it's not the one I was thinking of to put on my mail list. Okay. All right. Well, Daniel Jose Older wrote this book. He's actually one of the authors involved with the High Republic stuff. That means it was probably if they brought him back, then it's probably one of the better ones. Well, I mean, like you know, I don't know how successful it was financially though. I think mean, there's enough people out there just buying them for the heck of it. Well, I right? find the the writers that the first book does well, they tend to get more work, like within right. the Lucasfilm right. stuff. Uh, so the one I actually meant to talk about yeah. was Shadows <laughs> of the Sith. Oh, okay. So so that's on your mail list. Yes. Okay, so sha- Okay, so last <laughs> shot's not on your list? No. No, sorry. That was a bonus. I don't know where it will fall in the category because to be honest, I don't remember enough about oh, it. Oh, okay. But I do okay. remember an Ewok hacker, so I'm pretty sure I've read this. I remember you didn't like this one at all, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised <laughs> there when... There you go. When, uh, yeah, I remember you complaining about it. I, I uh, repressed it. So dishonorable really mention. <laughs> yeah, honorable mention. Dishonorable yeah, yeah. mention. Dishonorable mention. <laughs> Honorable mention, yeah. Okay, so what you meant to say was Shadow of the Sith is yes. on your meth list. That's right. Okay, this came out in 2022, so that was last year. Yeah, we And it was written by Adam Christopher, and uh, we did a review on this book. And if it, it focuses on Luke and Lando Calrissian and the growing threat of the Sith Eternal. Uh, it featured Rey's parents, uh, featured Achi of Bastoon, the assassin who kills them. Uh, there was a whole plot line with Luke and Lando sort of tracking this guy down or trying to uh, due to some sort of, uh, you know, like transmission that they intercept at one point or whatever. And uh, I, yeah, I remember you did, weren't a huge fan of this one, but... Um, well, like I was meaning to explain for this book and not the other one was 
The first three quarters were quite good, and they filled in a lot of gaps going into, uh, well, it's pre-Force Awakens, but it also fills in a lot of stuff from Rise of Skywalker, like a lot of Ochi and all it this stuff. Out, yeah, it filled out some gaps for Force Awakens, too, because we saw Luke in this book. And this is where we find out that how Rey came about with Palpatine's son clone, who then escapes and be, then weds, and they have Rey, and go on the run why she was abandoned. Yeah. And so all of that stuff I liked. And I liked the vast majority of Lando's story, which he was trying to find his daughter. Mm. But then the last, they basically the finale of the book, it all just falls apart. Or the, he, they fight this random Sith, a, a guy who had a Sith Lord who... He's not a Sith. He's, 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 a guy, he's like a cultist. Okay. He's a cultist who puts on some sort of mask, right? Okay, there's a cultist. So I'm trying to remember the details now. So there's a cultist, but he, yeah, he finds this mask and the mask has been enchanted to be basically uh, the, the soul of this dark Sith Lord. Lord. Sith Lord is yeah. in the mask. Yeah. And so the mask keeps telling him what to do and how to raise this cult or whatever. Yeah. And in the very end, the guy who has the mask, sorry about spoilers, so he dies, but then the mask itself possesses the body and starts to come back himself. And then he, the Sith Lord dies by being snatched up by a sea monster and dragged out to sea out of nowhere. Right. And it's just like, what happened? They, they also introduced something. Hold on. <laughs> They, they also, I was with you up until I know that's what I'm saying. I just what? felt like it ran, like the writer, the author ran out of time and just like put something in there. Yeah, I, I feel like it was, <laughs> uh, it was really, really what? weird. I know it was super Maybe weird. Recording it slightly wrong. No, no, but... no. You, you got it right. Like, it, like, like within the last like two or three chapters yeah. or whatever, it was like it was just over. And it was like what the heck? Like it just, it just felt like it should have kept going for a bit, and then it just ended. What book was this? Shadows of the Sith or Shadow. Shadow of the Sith, uh, a Luke and Lando book. Anyway, uh, here's another weird thing about it. Um, the character who had the mask on, he wielded uh, a lightsaber from also uh, an ancient Sith Lord by the name of Darth Noctis. Right. Yeah. I and I believe, like, I, the blade had some sort of like like twist or like a hook. It was like a hook blade or something. Oh, it was like a scimitar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like a scimitar lightsaber. How they explain that. Yeah. Like, how does a lightsaber end up with like? It's super We're weird. We're getting into EU territory again, which is they had like light axes and stuff, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like I can, I, mean, I can recanonize the light whip as well in the higher Republic. That I can buy that I can buy, but like not as much, but like, it's like, I can kind of accept it, I guess, because we've seen energy weapons in the clone wars with the Zygerians, you know, and that one's like, I guess that just more intense could be like a lightsaber whip thing. Okay. But like yeah. a lightsaber scimitar, Tar? Like, yeah. give me a break. Like, it's just like it's just like a curved lightsaber. I mean, like, how does that work? You know, technically, like, you could. They never say that you have to have like the field that controls the lightsaber's um, shape. You can control what size it is. They never said you can't control its shape. I mean, I will argue that the dark sabers like flat. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. like an actual samurai sword. You ever hear the theory right. about that? Like, why the dark sabers flat? I have not. Um, the running theory is that um, all lightsabers actually have a proper like edge alignment, mm -hmm. and that's why um, certain things bounce off of the lightsaber, and certain things get cut when they go through a lightsaber. But because lightsabers have such wide um, field emitters, um, 
you don't necessarily see where the proper edge is, but you can feel it when you have the hilt or when you're holding the hilt. That's also why they still curve and twist their wrist when they're cutting through things. Mm. Um, so yeah. it's more like it's so bright that you can't see it from the camera, but the dark area you can. Yeah, because, because it's, it's so it's, dim. Yeah. And you just, yeah. Mm. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I can accept this fan theory. I thought Jabba just sat on the hilt and <laughs> squashed flattened it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's get into the ugly list here. This will this will be fun. Uh, real quick. Um, Battlefront Twilight Company, friggin' terrible dude. Like, I barely made my way through that book. It was so bad, and I never want to read it again. I don't ever want to see it on a shelf. I don't, I don't want to see you buying this book. Like, this, <laughs> this book... <laughs> was so boring and it was basically to give you a summary it was like after episode four features the uh a a company of rebel soldiers within the rebellion called twilight company and it was basically just a story of where do we go what do we do like how do we hide you know and it was just average everyday joes you know just in the mud and I think it was supposed to be like a gritty novel, but it came across so. as really boring. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was, to me, it felt like what they were trying to do was tell uh, you're in the trenches, almost like a World War II journal kind of story. Like you're doing a film about this journal, but you don't okay. skip any of the boring parts where nothing happens in between. So it's rationing and, you know, the day to day trying to live with the this kind of anxiety of what anything could happen at any moment. But it was just super boring. Because nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. I've tried to read this book three or four times, and I <laughs> always give gave up. And then I'm like, hey, well, I don't know what's happening. So I just gotta start commit. Over. It's like swallowing that giant pill in the morning. You just got it. I couldn't do it, man. And like, yeah. I would put it on, try to listen to it. Won't go to bed. It's bad. I'll just fall asleep immediately. It's bad. Like, oh. It's bad. It's bad. This I think one. this is one of the books that I thought about picking up and reading, but don't do it, man. Don't, don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> I will avoid it like the plague. Yeah. Okay. One book that was complete like okay this is not on the bad list at all um it was battlefront 2 inferno squad great book completely different author because this one was written by alexander freed he actually ended up writing uh some uh, i think he did the alphabet squadron trilogy which i have not read um but uh battlefront 2 i don't know why they call it battlefront and battlefront 2 because these books other than the second one the, the first book had nothing to do with the first game at all like it was just themed to be military and that was it uh, I think it was just a, a poke for like, hey, go buy the game, right? Uh, the second one, though, was actually really good. The second one featured Inferno Squad, the main character that you play as, um, Aiden Versio. It was about her squad, you know, prior to the events of the game. And it was actually a good book. Like, I would recommend this one to anyone who enjoyed that campaign. Um, so if you're looking at a Battlefront book on the shelf and it's Star Wars, if it's Inferno Squad, buy it. If it's Twilight Company, do not buy it. <laughs> it's very confusing. I yeah. didn't read the second one. Because the first one was so bad. But but the second one has nothing to do with the first yeah, one. Yeah, but the name, it, it says Battlefront 2. So it's just I the name, yeah. So I assumed it was the second one I know, in I know. The first one, like, put a curse on the title for, for, like, the whole series. It sucks because the second one was that good. But whatever. Okay, second second one on my list. This is an honorable mention to the entire trilogy of uh, The Aftermath. Chuck Wendig. <laughs> freaking Chuck Wendig uh, and his Aftermath trilogy. Uh, thanks for the worst three books ever made, <laughs> Chuck. Um, 
I don't know if I go quite that far, but I... I'm just trying to be hard. <laughs> I had a really high bar for these novels. It was the first trilogy in the Disney canon. We all looked at it as a replacement for Thrawn trilogy. Exactly, and it was replacing the Thrawn trilogy. So there's a couple things he kept in that I liked, which was the, same as I mentioned with the Thrawn trilogy, the different sections of the uh, the Empire. Like kind of fragmentation. It, yeah, it fragmented and became like yeah. these warlords that were controlling their own sectors. That part was cool. Everything else about this book. Though. So the weirdest part of this entire trilogy oh, is it, it, it is it, written from the first person perspective. And it is incredibly awful to read. It is incredibly <laughs> awful to read. Like 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 the way that you read it, it sucks, dude. Like it is so bad. Um, like, how is it written? Because this is one of those books where I was also thinking about picking it up, but I looked up the reviews and thought, yeah. mm, nah. So so you know when you read a book, it is, it is typically almost every book out there, unless it's like a reference book of some kind, is written from the third person so it's like uh i want to go to the supermarket so-and-so said yeah. and then so on and so forth right that's first person no this is this is this is the third person because the first person is is really weird right because like it's uh here it, i can't first, i can't even first describe person it is, i want to do this have you ever third read person a book is that's in Sarah the second person this. Have you ever read a book that's in the second person? Is that like the second dimension? So, you know how like a first person book, that's your perspective. Yeah. A third person book is someone else describing the perspective. Right. Uh... Well, the, uh, for the third person perspective, that's someone uninvolved with the situation that's saying what you're doing. So like, oh, interesting. John, so John goes to do the thing. Uh, but a second person perspective would be a related source, but still a removed yeah. source. So someone who is there, but is talking about someone else. Yeah. So technically a second person perspective would be if I was telling you a story, mm -hmm. that's a second person perspective. Oh, neat. Yeah. See, I did not know that. I did not know that either. Um, okay. So. Oh God, you have it out. Yeah. I, I. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to like find a really good example of like how badly this kind of comes through across. Random. Yeah. Well, while you're looking, I'm going to see a few of the other yeah, things I can it, remember that actually, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't mind. So the, the creation of Mr. Bones. Oh yeah. Mr. Bones is like the only good thing about it. <laughs> So Mr. Bones is a B1 battle droid that has been rebuilt uh, mm -hmm. and he has essentially become psychotic oh. uh, and he, you can kind of think of him as, as like a, <clears throat> I would say like a, a, a now fully sentient, but almost like a, a whimsical psychotic pet. So the character that rebuilt him, which is this kid, I forget the name of the kid. Wait, isn't it the guy? Tem and Wexley. Yeah. So that's the character who... Uh, is J.J. Abrams' good friend who he made a pilot in The Force Awakens. So there's a there's a guy in the... He's chose, okay, he's in the battle plans. There's a, he's a bigger guy uh, and he's got uh, like a full full beard on him. Okay. That's him. So he he plays Tem and Wexley, which is the one of the main characters in this movie. And he built Mr. Bones. Okay. So that part was kind of a neat tie-in. Mr. Bones' character, he's probably the only quoted thing from this novel trilogy, to be honest with you. So there's like a fan following of him. The the other, oh, he was also uh, in the Lego Skywalker Saga game. They made him a minifigure, a playable minifigure in that game. Mr. Bones? Yeah. That's 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 how, that's how popular he is. Yeah. Oh, is he the... Um, it's a red B1 battle droid. Yeah, he's an unlockable character. Oh, I, okay, game. yeah. yeah. It's red, he's red. He's got like graffiti Bones. printed on over... Yeah, he's got graffiti graffiti on him of like bones like kind of on him and stuff yeah and he's got like all these other parts on him and stuff mm -hmm. uh okay so so just and he yeah. loves melee combat so he like thrashes people <laughs> and like i think he rips limbs off i can't remember oh, wow. yeah and he's a b1 battle and he's, he's like very happy about doing it so that's why he's so memorable he's kind of an hk47 but 
instead of being like psychotic in a way that almost is uh with it with hk-47 where he's like disturbingly kind of uh like intellectual about it like oh please let me do this master whereas uh mr bones is more just a psychotic killer in the fact that he he just takes such great pleasure in this uncontrollable bloodlust so it's more akin to like um i am going to rip you limb from limb and i will enjoy it Roger, yeah Roger. but yeah but he's a bit like very happy zero. about it he's a bit like triple zero from the dr afro story the black okay. c-3po looking protocol droid that's like super obsessed with torturing people he's a bit like that but more or less hell bent on like torturing for pleasure and more just like you know let's kill this guy kind of thing and he's like really okay he's a b1 battle droid with the commando droid processor or something like that okay so that's how they explain it something it's something like that yeah 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 um, i also listened to the audiobook so it maybe helps too because he has this very goofy voice okay here, here's a good example okay, okay here's a here, here's a good example so lando calrissian is is like impersonating some <clears throat> so this is Gev Hessen piloting an HH-87 Starhopper, the rover. He transmits his data card. Sending over credentials. A pause. Identify the nature of your visit. Light cargo. What cargo? The stock answer is droid components, but that may not fly here. He thinks quickly. Akiva. Hot. Wet. Mostly jungle. Dehumidifier parts. Pause. An excruciating one. The nav computer runs through its calculations. Almost there. A different voice comes through the tinny speaker. A woman's voice. Got some steel in it. Less crisp. Nothing lilting so like sounds like a script it's basically this sounds like a script yeah so it's it it reads really awkwardly because you don't always know who's talking and that to me was like the most awful part of the book was like i was going through it i was like wait who said what now like i just like it's easier to read a book and be like lando says this so-and-so like says that you know like and then the quote and then like says so-and-so right like like it's easier to read it like that for me just because so many books are written like that and these ones were not like it's It's weird though because i never had this issue and i did the audiobooks so the they actually had different or the guy who was narrating it had different voices for all the characters yeah so i didn't have this issue see it makes sense and that would be better right and and uh like i know some books out there that have been written literally for audio like the dooku jedi law book or tempest runner or like they've done like two or three now um and they've been designed to be in that an audiobook yeah. because if you buy the book like the physical copy of it it is literally just a script like mm-hmm. you like it's character colon and the quotes and so on and so forth right right but this is kind of that weird in between where it is a book that you read and the audiobook comes later. Um, but like when you read it, it just it's just it's just awkward. Fair enough. Like awkward is kind of the best way I can describe it. So if someone listening is interested in going through these novels, the, the replacement for the Thrawn trilogy, not the most highly decorated books, I would say from our the, nope. everyone on the show but if you're going to listen to the audiobook because it'll be significantly less confusing yeah that's a, that's a good tip yeah it's a good tip um also uh one thing i did like about it though one thing other than mr bones was that the books were uh even though they were telling an overarching story of the early new republic like the forging of the new republic in this strange time Um, It did a really nice job of having interludes throughout the book and the interludes just kind of slotted in between chapters 
and it would just have the planet's name or a location of some kind as the chapter title. And it would just tell like a one chapter story of somewhere in the galaxy. Sometimes it was a character that you were familiar with from the movies. Sometimes it was just background events going on. The only one I remember is them pulling down the statue of Palpatine. That's the first one in the book. (laughs) 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 Which was a a scene added in the special edition. Yeah, that's that's right. So that's a good example of like what what kind of stuff that they would put in these interludes. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, if you want to hear about like the crowd pulling down Palpatine's like thing or um, and and a lot of the interludes do take place on Coruscant as well like through you know throughout the book there's 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 another one for Coruscant uh, you know there's one and and the book itself is split into like multiple parts as well so there's there's interludes there's chapters there's parts uh, so it reads as like a very oh this is so this is one of these interludes. Interludes are more interesting than the novel itself. They are. So yeah. One of them uh, actually set up. Uh, what's his name? The guy who gets Boba Fett's armor. Oh yeah, that's another. Yeah, that's why I like the interlude so much. Um, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth, who then oh, shows up the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that Uncle story, Fett, that story of how Cobb Vanth acquired the armor was just adapted into live action. But that was all straight out of these books. Straight, like directly out of these books. But they didn't tell you who it was was in these books so a lot of people were speculating at the time that it was boba well they did they did have a name it was called vanth but like they, that, but people thought that called vanth may have just been boba <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well, so like it, we, yeah we were wrong yeah 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 i think yeah i think it was called vanth who was like yeah because i remember when he showed up on screen and like he gave his name i was like no friggin way like is him that's him yeah jane cobb i mean cobb vanth <laughs> Cobb in the corn? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Aftermath Trilogy. Um, wait, was I giving my list or was you giving your list? How were we doing this? You were doing yours. Yes, you were doing yours. Okay, yeah, all right. We still two more. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. I know okay. we're going for we long. We went so long. <laughs> on this. Okay, uh, here's another one. Uh, my last one on the list was, because uh, you already said The Rising Storm, I'm going to say The Higher Public Tempest Runner. It was a design for audio and it was terrible. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I was just bored. <laughs> it was an in-between story and did not need to happen. <laughs> no. So. I agree. And we were, when they announced what this book was going to be about, it seemed like a joke. Yeah, it was about one of the villains, like, side characters. Not even that. So the premise, the main story takes place at a county fair in Star Wars. No, no, no. This, that was the Rising Storm book. That was the one that you that you don't like. That was, that was, why, that was why I'm not going to mention. are all so similar. That, that was the one, that was, that's not, that's why I'm not mentioning it. I'm talking about Tempest Runner. Okay. It was designed to be an audiobook. Okay. And it's about Lorna D, who's like a Nihil, uh, like female Nihil, like Twi'lek person or whatever. Mm. And it was just boring. Was I just had no, I didn't have a good time with that Was one. this the one that took place on the Disney Star Cruiser? Uh, no, I, I, Helix I, or something? No, I don't believe. No, no. You're thinking of a new book that featured Han and Leia, I think. It's called The Princess and the Scoundrel, I think. Uh, Tempest I Runner. Look this up. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because I thought it had some tie into the Disney Cruiser, Disney Hotel. Uh, Tempest Runner written by Kevin Scott. Uh, no mention of the, no mention of the Halcyon Legacy. No, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is what it is. It's an in-between story that would took place between the second and the third book it was about how one of the characters who got captured in one of the books ends up just getting away that was the entire story oh hold on i think i'm getting it mixed up with just the fact that 
So there's Lorna D, and then there's the the Jedi girl with the light whip, right? And then she uh, befriends a kid, and his dad runs a cruise liner, a like a Star Wars cruise liner similar to the Disney Hotel. What? No, I think you're still I thinking of so a different confused. book. Okay. I it, think you're thinking of one of the junior books. It is the junior book. Yeah, it's not Tempest it's Runner. The, it's the second junior book in the junior higher public. Yeah, book. yeah, I know which one I'm talking about. It's not, it's not this one. Okay. I, th- I think only I read this one. It was an audio book, like exclusive to audio. Oh. Kind okay. of thing. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed. I, I didn't so recommend much, it to remember. anyone. <laughs> I didn't recommend this one to anyone, which is probably why you haven't read it. Okay. Because I listened to it and I was like, okay, this sucks. I've so, never even heard of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay, moving on. Francis, take us, uh, take us up another notch. Uh, what, what, what's on your ugly list? Um, I have uh, another bit of a cheat um, thing. Um, I have uh, the Jedi Academy books. Jedi Academy books. Uh, the old ones. Based on the games? Uh, no. Okay. Um, here, uh, I'm just looking them up here. Cause, uh, oh, are you talking, no, are you talking about like the kids series? Like no, 2000s? not the kids series. The Jedi Academy trilogy. Trilogy. Uh, okay. It's not the one where Luke, cause if it's based on the games, then Luke creates the new Jedi order. The first one is Jedi search, then dark apprentice. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Force. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Those these. Ones. I've seen these. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, the champ, oh. the <laughs> champions of the force book was actually is the third book in the series this series is written by kevin j anderson and the third title was the name of the first booster expansion series or second or whatever it was for the star wars miniatures game which i was obsessed with and i have so many of them right here and uh that i remember going to the you know the game store and buying a booster box and it was the star wars champions of the force booster series and uh i believe this version of luke skywalker on the cover was like one of the p- potential things that you could like get in that in that wave because that was like an, a big eu you know dived into the eu stuff with all that stuff but anyways okay so why didn't you like these ones to be honest it's been quite a few years since i've uh, fully read them uh, but i remember as a kid they were just really convoluted and um confusing and i didn't from what i remember i used to remember as a kid really hating reading them and i remember feeling like why did why did someone write this hmm. and i remember i looked up the plot summary because i'm like why do i remember hating this so much and as i read the summary i was confused <laughs> as to what the story was so uh so yeah this is this is interesting uh several stories throughout the three books the main plot is that of xr coon's spirit attempting to turn luke's trainee jedi he kills one of them and turns kip duron who goes on a rampage with the sun crusher the jedi trainees eventually destroy coon and kip and is brought back to the light by his friend han solo that is the weirdest sounding story. It's the story of Ben Solo. I didn't know. I didn't know that Exar Kun's spirit came up again at I all. Didn't either. Yeah. Like that's weird. It's, it's a very confusing trilogy. Yeah, no kidding. It's also uh, it also says here the uh, a later novel that came out in the late 90s because this was 94 was the first one uh in the same year the whole trilogy came out the last one came out september in 94 so uh, pretty close to the thrawn trilogy yeah a few years later yeah later a book called i jedi uh, i comma jedi is a retcon of much of the action at the jedi academy inserting Koran horn into the storyline and smoothing out parts that do not conform to the later continuity that book was published in 1998 so like even if you do read all the eu legends material and stuff uh, it seems that a lot of this trilogy is kind of discounted from that continuity as well so that's 
just goes to say how bad it is. <laughs> uh, thank you for that mention. Um, it was like trying to figure out how a ball of yarn was put into the ball. It was just like, okay, I have this piece. Now I have this piece. Why does this ball of yarn have three ends? Why does it have four ends? Oh, there's a needle in here. Oh, why is there another needle in here? Why is this isn't even a bottle of a ball of yarn? <laughs> None of this makes sense. It sounds very confusing. Yeah, sounds like that's what I'm getting from this. What, um, el- what else you got? The other thing that I have is uh, the uh, Legacy of the Force series. The legacy, the whole series. Yes, all nine books. You, really? Did you wow. read all of them before you came to this conclusion? I read one of these books, and it was the. Uh, it must have been the second one, Bloodlines. Does that sound familiar? It's the one with yes. Boba Fett on the on the cover. This was the book that brought him back in like the EU. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this this inspired the book of Boba Fett. Probably. Yeah. I'd hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, the book of Boba Fett to most people didn't turn out that well either. But this one was written by Karen Travis, okay. who wrote Republic Commando, and it came out. I think oh, in uh, this came out after the Republic. It was in 2008 that she did this one. Yeah. And uh, I remember reading this book. Yeah, she became like the Mandalorian author for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So she wrote this one. And the Legacy of the Force books tell a very like big part of that post-Return of the Jedi era. You're talking about the entire story of like Luke and his wife and like the the turning of Jason Solo. Like, like, why didn't you like the storyline? So before Legacy of the Force, the series before that, I forget what it's called, but they kind of established Jason, like, they already had a whole plot line of um, Jason kind of falling to the dark side and then redeeming himself and then becoming a full Jedi and becoming one with the Force and um, Ben Solo becoming a, um, becoming a master. And then, a f- like, two years later, he does this again. And it's like, we've already been over this. And it, it, it felt like a character assassination of um, all of the previous books where um, Jason falls to the dark side again. But this time it's because he saw a vision of um, the entire galaxy going to ruin. And so... He finds this one Sith lady who's like, hey, if you team up with me, these things won't happen. And um, he's like, no. Um, But then he sees a vision of if this Sith lady dies, then everything goes to ruin. So he's like, well, actually, I will help you. And Ben goes to try and defeat this lady. But then he's like, no, 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 no. She needs to live. So then he just goes on this whole thing of betraying his family, betraying everyone he loves and cares for all to work for this lady and it kind of all just comes to a point of um at the very end kind of like what you were saying with the books that you didn't like um it kind of just felt like they just dropped the ball where at the very end nothing really came out of it other than didn't know what to do with it yeah at the very end um jason finally uh realized that oh no i've been in the wrong right after his sister stabs him and then he sends a force uh message to his wife and kid um that uh while he was being a bad person he sent someone to assassinate them so hey guys avoid that dang this sounds bye Um, convoluted and then yeah and then like throughout this whole thing like Luke and Han and like everyone in this family is trying to find him um but everyone basically abandons him and says like well he's evil now we're not just going to associate with him anymore but Luke still tries to go save his nephew and yes, that Luke. plot kind of just goes nowhere 
Um, so this yeah, was this, this is was, just one book of nine. So, so this whole series, then you didn't like, or it was like, did you enjoy it up until a certain point? Pint, uh, up pint. until certain, <laughs> up until a certain well, pint. Yeah, they come in pints. Yeah. What I just described was like the last four books, where that the first like the first five are the setup of hey Jason's a cool guy, Ben's a cool guy, hey his sister's pretty cool. It's Ben, Everyone's Ben. Happy. You ta- you're talking about Luke's son Ben. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Luke's son Ben. Um, yeah. It, and um, they kind of just establish this threat, and it keeps building up and keeps building up, and then Jason betrays them, and then yeah, like I said, it just felt like it didn't go anywhere until they kill him at the end. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I never. I that second one was the only one I read. There was a lot of emphasis on on Boba Fett though, and I don't remember oh, it being right, a. Boba Fett like trains. He trains of, some. Who does he train? I think it's That's the, Luke's um, daughter. Is it so Jaina? Boba Fett actually has a daughter in this continuity. Yeah. And um, she meets up with like the Luke squad and joins them, but then realizes that um, she's not a proficient warrior. So she goes back and gets Boba Fett to train her without realizing that she's his daughter. Mm, I think uh, that gets revealed okay. later on that, in some other book. That sounds familiar. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just, I remember it being like, okay, it wasn't terrible, but it was, I can't remember enough of it to put on my list. So, you know, it's interesting they're bringing them up. It, yeah. it just felt like they had so many cool ideas and they just shoved them all into one thing and then just didn't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that the rest of your list or is it, do you have like one more thing on there? That's the end of my list. Blake, take us home. Well, most of my avoid list has already been mentioned. So first one, it's a battlefront twilight company. <laughs> <laughs> oh <It>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A number of these I couldn't even finish. That's why they're on my don't. Fair enough. Fair list. enough. Well we talked enough about that one. What do you what else you got? Uh well they talked about the, Aftermath. Yep, the aftermath. Yeah, aftermath. I put the whole aftermath trilogy on here. Yeah, I did too. Just skip it. Yep. It's not just just read the Thrawn trilogy. It's better. Yeah. Just hold out hope that it'll be canonized again. Uh, then High Republic 2, which is the one that... Rising, I, I, Rising Storm. Rising Storm. Yeah. Which is uh, the second book in the adult series of the first wave. Yeah. <laughs> so convoluted. It's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. It's all about a fair. Uh, yeah. So to me, the big issue with this one... I know we talked about a bit, but just to reiterate... They just they 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 set up the the storyline really well with the first book and then they squandered it in the second one. The main story takes place, as I was previously mentioning for the wrong book, <laughs> at a a the New Republic's county fair. So sorry, I guess it's just the Republic. It's like the a, Republic's it's called the Re- county fair. The Republic Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so they decide they're gonna have kind of like a, a world fair sort of thing. Like they used like to an have. expo. Yeah. So all the all these different planets, cultures, they all show up and they all have like a novelty version of their their home home world and their culture. And this is supposed to be in retaliation for all the devastation caused in the first book by, where yeah. by the Nihil, by the Nihil right? Hill, Naturally the Nihil attacked the They show the up. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But man, it it just drug on and on about <sighs> One of the Jedi having like a will, will they, won't they relationship issue, and uh, how it's falling from following the the, the Jedi. Yeah, what, what do they call them? I couldn't believe Their, the whole book the like basically took place like at this fair. Yeah, like that so was so boring. It was like yeah, it was like how many people can we save from the fair? And I was like, yeah, oh, man. Like it was just about one Jedi and his dog. It was bad. It was just bad. Like it was even like, the Nihil part was just not interesting. But you know, which I is felt the characters I liked. The, and like, here's the thing about the High Republic stuff is like every author writes a different book, right? So like, it was it was a huge sort of letdown because the first one was so good, and then you read the second one, it's like, what is this? Yeah, 
up, right? Um, so you put the third one on here, same as the second, but the third one. No, no, it wasn't the third one. It was okay. the in between one, the audiobook, the audiobook in between chapter. It was just called Tempest Runner. Okay. And it was like High Republic 2.5. Yeah. Yeah. The third one I actually liked, which was Falling Star. Falling Star. Yeah. yeah. You put that on your mail list. Yeah. I, I, again, most of my mail list was like, I enjoyed it, but not enough to read it again. Right. And part of the reason why it's on the mail list, that one, is because this second one was so rough yeah. that I wouldn't ever tell someone to read the trilogy to get to the third one because the second one was so bad. Yeah, you just recommend um, the first one. Yeah, and the last one. Just leave it there. But it, you don't even need to read the second one. The third one kind of references what happened in the second one enough that you don't need to read it. It might be dropping some characters, but like that was pretty much it. So. Yep. What so, else you got? Uh, the next one I got on here is, well, I guess we're talking Aftermath. So the last one is Battle Scars, which is the other book I was never able to finish. That was the one I had on my meh list. Yeah. Yeah, the Jedi, Jedi Battle so, Scars. Yeah. this one to me... <sighs> My issue with it was I was looking for an action adventure novel. Uh, like Kestis. the game. Yeah, I like the game. That's why. Because I liked the game. I wanted to go on another adventure, which was going to lead into the second game. And it wasn't an adventure. It was a romance novel. And I just lost interest. Yeah, it turned out to be a really bad, awkward romance novel in a way. Just not very good. Um, I mean, if, if you're into romance novels, like this might be something you're into. Yeah, but The Lost Stars was a good romance novel. That's, I, this I is just a bad, I, bad romance novel. Well, it depends on... Some people prefer like different types of novels so if you're into romance maybe look a little deeper into it if this one's for you maybe check it out but personally as a star wars fan uh if i were to walk to read a romance novel i would go with lost stars yeah well, well thank you maybe my mother will like it yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> and then maybe she'll, she'll want to play jedi fallen order after <laughs> uh real quick what are you guys most looking forward to in 2024 for star wars oh that's a good question blake you go first <laughs> It's a big question. Um, I would say probably this High Republic thing. Like Wave the, 3? No, sorry. Like uh, Oh, the Acolyte. Acolyte. Yeah, I'm really curious what's going to go on with that. Yeah, I it's am too. Been, yeah. It's got a lot of potential. That's the thing. Like, it could, it's going to set an era, and I want it to do well. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for something closer to the prequels again, because uh, we spent a lot of time in the original trilogy era. Yeah. And I like the prequels as well. And that whole era to me is very interesting. And I feel like there's a lot of potential and I want to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that too. I'm also very excited for Outlaws, the first video game not published by EA. Um, not that I had anything against EA. It's just they haven't really done a lot of great stuff. <laughs> so uh, except the Jedi series, Battlefront 2. So, but uh, I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Uh, it's going to be cool. Published by Ubisoft. What about you, Francis? Is the next season of Ahsoka coming out next year? Nope. Skeleton Crew? Oh. Acolyte? Yes. Bad Batch Season 3? Maybe. I'm curious what they can do with that one as Next well. season of Bad Batch, I'm very much looking forward to. Mm. Yeah. Because the second season... The way the it, second season ended, I was like, Yeah. No! You can't end it this way! Agreed. Yeah. Because uh, the second season has so much filler, but the good parts were really good. Yeah. And so maybe... They probably should have just had two seasons, honestly. Mm. Uh, well, the third one's the last. Third yeah. one's going to be okay. the last. So uh, to me, it, I, we'll see what happens in season three. But um, to me, it feels like it's going to be a bit of a Hobbit, Hobbit trilogy issue where it feels like it could have been condensed to two. Mm. Yeah. And may have been... Uh, keep the good parts and just kind of get... Cut get, the Pabu's. Yeah, get to, get to the point a little faster. Cut the Pabu's. Yeah. <laughs> the Pabu episodes. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks for uh, chatting about some books. 
Uh, I feel like we put out some good recommendations and some good warnings. <laughs> so there's this has been a random nods. It's been good. It's been good. We should do. Uh, I'm trying to the name. Maybe you guys can pull out the the names for these novels. But yeah, you know, mention to the book where Chewbacca gets crushed by a moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and mention to before the rise of Skywalker, Palpatine coming back as a Force clone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But someone like that one's like Dark Empire or something. Yeah, that is Dark Empire. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I forget the Chewbacca one though. Dark Empire is that Palpatine resurrection one. The Chewbacca one, that one is. Uh, I always forget that one too. It's one of the Yuuzhan Vong books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird book. Mostly Yuuzhan Vong. Is yeah, different. Weird story, but also kind of interesting. Extra Star Wars universe stuff it gets, it gets elsewhere. More fantasy, which is yeah. interesting because it was in that dark time period. Yeah, and as we saw with Ewok Adventures, both both films, uh, just kind of nature of the era is sci-fi, especially fantasy sci-fi, just leaned heavier into fantasy as time went on. Yeah, so it kind of became a, a willowy, willowy, yeah, 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 in space, yeah, willowy. <laughs> That's something we won't get next year is Willow season two. Rip. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you guys a lot for coming on. Thanks, Francis, for coming in the escape pod. Thanks for having me. And uh, Blake, uh, I guess we'll, as usual, catch you in the next one. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right. Thank you all for listening. If you made it this far into the podcast, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, we just sit here and chat, chat about Star Wars books and, uh, you know, went on as long as it did. So hopefully we, you got some good information out of it. You know, the good, the, the bad and the ugly or the good, the man, the ugly, however you want to look at it. Uh, so, you know, hopefully uh, you go into 2024 with some uh, some worthy, you know, worthwhile information there. Lots of stuff to look forward to. I mean, we already talked extensively with Kirk about, you know, look forward into 2024. But, uh, you know, let us know. Let us know. Uh, contact us down below with uh, what you're looking forward to most about 2024. We might actually tailor kind of content based around feedback that we get uh, as to what you're looking forward to. Maybe we'll do some build up, some uh, some what happens. It's been a while since we did what happened episodes of character lore and story going from the beginning all the way through all their story references up until the very point that we're going to meet up with that character again. So perhaps some of you have suggestions out there you'd like to know more about. And uh, you can look forward to our uh, whenever this episode drops. I don't know if this is before or after the holiday special that we're dropping a, a second commentary version for, but uh, we're doing that as well. So if you haven't taken a listen to that, uh, look for it soon or, uh, or maybe it just came out last week. Uh, but either way, this is probably the second last episode we're recording in 2023. So um, make sure you guys have a great Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll see you in uh, 2024. May the force be with you.